invite you to take out your Bible opening this morning to Exodus chapter 20 as we continue praying through the Ten Commandments, using the Word of God to cultivate a, a God's own heart, God's own mind, framing our own prayers in accordance with God's purposes, God's will. And uh, the Word of God is always the objective reality that unites our hearts together in prayer. We come this morning to Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, which is the fifth of the commandments. What's fascinating about this is the first four commandments, or I think we're all aware, have a very Godward orientation uh, from the get-go, right off the bat. You shall have no other gods before me, before my face. I'm the God who demands uh, as you worship me, as you seek me, don't come with your other idols. Don't come with other stuff. Don't bring that before my face. I am God, alone, solitary in my glory. I will not accept Worship from you if it's mixed and mingled with your worship for other things. So God declares for us who He is, who it is we're worshiping. He declares for us how we're to worship, how we're to revere His name. Even when we speak His name, sing His name from our heart, how our hearts are to revere Him and even when we're to worship. These have been the first four of the commandments that we've seen. And as we come to the fifth now, this is... The rest of the commandments have a focus on our horizontal relationships with our fellow man. The first four have had a very clear Godward orientation, and the rest of them are going to have a, a, an orientation towards our fellow man. Now, the danger there is we neglect God as we turn to these. Now the focus is on man. That's not the case. Rather, as we, as we go through this, we want to bear in mind this morning that these duties, these laws that God gives us toward our fellow man are an expression of the first four commandments. They're an expression of our love for God, of our devotion to Him, of our reverence for Him. If we don't have those first four in place, you could literally in your life, I guess, obey these commandments and they be disobedient to God. Because these commandments are the overflow of our Love to God. There's a connection, an inseparable relationship between our duties to man and our love to God. Right love for man flows out of our love for God. If our duties to man come from any other motivation, society will look at them and say, you're doing good. God will look at it and say, depart from me, I never knew you. This is a God who is serious about His glory, His reverence, doing it for His name's sake. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This is God's commandment to us out of the overflow of our love for Him, our desire to glorify Him. Again, this is uh, uh, the, the commandments turn toward our fellow man here, particularly our parents. And we're going to talk about that briefly in just a moment. But here, even as the commandments turn toward a horizontal orientation, it comes out of the overflow of our love for God. Do these things because I said so, because I am the God who demands you to love me and obey me supremely. There's more depth in this commandment than we could possibly plumb in just a few moments together. 
let alone, I mean, I mean, we could spend weeks together and still not plumb the depths of this. So let's just handle it this way as we use it for prayer this morning. We have said that the law of God does a couple of things for us. Number one, it reveals to us the character of God. And from this fifth commandment, what does this teach us about who God is, about the God we're praying to this morning? That even together we frame our prayers according to this. This is a God who is sovereign in authority over all of life, over the structures of life, over the, the relationships of life. Because he made them. He established parental relationships and all relationships. And not just so that they would exist, but for a purpose. For a purpose in Christ Jesus. It's absolutely telling, I think, that the first four commandments are so resolved. God is over. Reverence me. Worship me only. Me alone. When you think about me, think right thoughts about me. And then what's the first word about his, out of his mouth when he turns to the horizontal dimension? Revere your parents. Is that a contradiction? He's just said, revere me alone. And then in the fifth commandment, he says, revere your parents. Is it a contradiction? Obviously not. Not at all, but rather he is claiming that I am the one who has created this relationship and I have a purpose for it, a purpose greater than you could possibly imagine. We're going to see in just a moment. It's not even really about mom and dad. It's about authority. It's about you understanding and living in light. You are not God. I am. This is a this is the training ground, if you will of the Christian life, the training ground of living a life of humility and meekness and surrender to the authority of one that's over you. God here is, is not contradicting himself. He's just simply laying out. I have in the created order established order. And I've put structures in place. And one of those structures is the family unit. I invented the family. I created the genders, male and female. I get to design it how I wanted to. I have the instruction manual on it. I'm the author of it. And to male and female that I created, I assign the titles. And I assign the role that those mothers and fathers play. And you can go look throughout the rest of the Bible. Ephesians comes to mind. Colossians, you can go and read as the Bible expands on those roles. But God's point here is, I've created this to function in such a way. And it tells us this about God. I'm sovereign. You're not. This morning as we gather together to bend the knee of our hearts in prayer to God, this is how we approach God. God, you are sovereign. I am not. I may have woken up this morning and I may have had in my mind and in my heart, I really, I have every intention of how this day is going to go. I know what I'm going to do today. Here's my plan for the day. And here's how I hope church will go. And here's how I hope lunch will go. And here's, and, and, and I, this is a pride-crushing reality, what we come to here in verse 12. Honor your father and mother. He gets to tell you how to live. He's sovereign. He has rights. He has authority. We don't. That's helpful as we approach the Lord in prayer this morning. We're not just coming up to somebody who can help us do what... He's not sitting at our beck and call. We live to him. He's the sovereign. Not only that, the law reveals to us not only the character of God, it reveals our sin. 
And the least that this commandment requires of us is obedience to our mother and father. Now, again, as I look around the room, not everyone has that opportunity anymore because of the phase of life. To the extent that you do have that opportunity, have you obeyed that this week? Understanding that even as an adult, it may not be obedience in the sense of my parents still have the right to tell me what to do, but honoring and revering them. Not just with your lips and actions, but even out of your heart. Have you obeyed the very least that this commandment requires for us? Because the reality is, this, the, the application of this commandment is exceedingly broad. And if we were to take a time to go through a study of the Old Testament, we would see how God himself takes this commandment and he himself expands it to say, and what I said about the authority of mom and dad in the home, it's just a, a microcosm also of Ephesians chapter 5, the structures of life when it comes to older and younger people. Romans chapter 13, the authority of civil authority over you, obeying from a genuine heart the civil authorities, the governmental authorities. It applies in the life of the church to your spiritual fathers, to your spiritual parents who are leading and guiding you so much so that Hebrews chapter 13 will say, make it a joy for them to lead you because you're so hungry and eager for God and to obey God's word. It applies to every relationship in life, this, 12, this uh, fifth commandment does. Anyone who's your superior in authority in life, in the workplace, out in, in your social clubs and things. When we undertake a study of this commandment, we begin to see God is sovereign, not just over the home, but all of life and all of the structures of life. And all of those are to be lived as though God is sovereign. God has told me how to live under the authority over me, even when I disagree with them. Out of my love for God, please him. Can you say as you think, maybe not about your parental relationship anymore, but think about in your workplace, as you think about in your other relationships, in the church, as you think about in the, the, the clubs and things you're associated with, is the way your heart for those in authority over you, is it a, a reflection of love for God? This morning as we pray in accordance with this word, we acknowledge God as sovereign and there's room for corporately the church of Jesus Christ to confess. God, I have failed miserably. This law exposes. I like to fight for my rights, my wants. I'm a prideful person. We're a prideful church. We want things our way. We want life to be our way. We want to call the shots. And when it doesn't happen our way, we become grumpy and callous and cold and, and we, we give the silent treatment or we walk away. Is that pleasing to the Lord? Who God created us to be to revere his name? Of course not. As a church, we approach the Lord acknowledging his sovereignty, confessing and repenting of, Lord, we've walked away from your instruction. We're not always honoring you in the way that we deal with those who are in authority over us, especially when we disagree with them. And that's a reflection not of them, of us, of my heart. And we as a church return to you. And finally, we've said the law not only reveals God's character, it exposes our sin, it also opens the way to grace. 
The law is given to expose us, break us, humble us. If any of us come to the law this morning and read this and say, well, I don't need to worry about that this morning. Pause now and beg God to open your eyes to see what he sees in your heart. The law is given for the very reason to expose us. Paul tells us in, a, in, in a Colossians that the word of God is given because we are not whole. It's to make us whole. If any of us think this morning we're whole with regard to this or any of the commandments, fall on your face before God and beg him to help you see what he sees. But not so that we wallow in self-pity. Because the law exposes who we are and it opens the door to see that God mercifully and graciously has been kind and merciful and provided for you and I what we cannot do ourselves. And he's done that through Jesus Christ. Christ is the one who came, and if we take this to its most fundamental level, always honored his mother and father. Christ is the one who always respected those in authority over him, even when he disagreed with them. And we're going to see that this morning in John chapter 2. Christ is the one who kept this commandment perfectly. Christ is then the one who died as though he's the one who broke it. And Christ is the one who rose again victorious over that death. Christ is the one through his resurrection from the dead provides hope for victory for every one of us over our pride, over our selfishness, over our desire to be sovereign. And when those who are in authority over us, we disagree with them and then we act like you fill in the blank. He gives us the grace out of my love for God. I'm going to obey. I'm going to trust. And I'm going to revere God. And I said at the beginning, God's the one who created these structures of society for a purpose, a purpose in Jesus Christ. Obedience to mom and dad will come to an end one day. Mom and dad aren't always going to be there, are they? The family unit's not always going to be there. One day, we finished not too long ago with the book of Revelation. Political authorities aren't always going to be in place. Where's the Roman Empire today? Where's the Greek Empire today? The fallen has gone away. These things that God has, they're temporary. So what's the big deal? Why is he instructing us to be so vigilant and obedient to these things that are not going to be there always? Because as we've seen all throughout the Bible, these things point us to the one true re eternal reality that is what? Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Beloved, it is hypocrisy and profanity for us, Covenant Life Church, to gather this morning in prayer and in worship and in proclamation of his word and to talk about our love for God, our obedience to Him. He's all. And yet we enter into here with hearts that are prideful, disobedient, that are undermining the very social constructs of family and church and, and, and the, your workplace. We don't live in obedience to God in those areas. And then we want to come in here today and sing about our love for Him. If we can't obey in these things, this is the training ground. How in the world can we honestly say we're obedient to 
the kingdom and to Christ and to his authority of our lives. Do you see that? This was the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. We're going to see that again as we continue in John. They said the right thing with their lips, but Jesus knew in their hearts. God's not sovereign over you. Your joy is not in him. You're not seeking to obey him. You're just religious. And then you live however you want and you live. In the kingdom of God, we have an authority, Christ. He's the head. He's the sovereign. He's in control. All of the Christian life is in reverence to him, his authority, his rule. One day the family won't be anymore. This is not about the family. It's about obeying Christ and living unto him.